to announce that Empire Entertainment has filed to become a publicly traded company. Seventeen years later, you are still beautiful. You forgot about me the second you divorced me in there. And I want half my company back. I want to know everything she's doing. Everything. To the Empire! No apologies! This is Tracy. And this is Steven. And this is Just the Two of Us Podcast. Tonight, we have a special podcast for you. We are going to recap the epic, intense, electrifying Empire finale. I don't know if it was all that, but (laughs) (laughs) it it, it was a finale. It was a season one finale, but I I wouldn't quite put it in the terms that you did. But (laughs) All right, well, we're going to get started. and we're going to basically try to go over as much as we can. There um, was a lot. There was a lot was going a on. Two hour two hour finale. finale. Um, so there's a lot to talk about, a lot to get through. We're not going to hit everything, but uh, we will try our very best. Um, we'll break it up into the first hour and the second hour. So uh, here we go. And we'll try to go in order as much as we can so uh, you can follow along. Um, so first up, so during the first hour... Um, personally, I'll just say, I'll just start and say that overall the first hour, uh, the first half, I think, of the hour was kind of slow and kind mm-hmm. of a little bit boring to me. Not, not much was happening in my opinion. I don't know how you felt about it, but it was, you know, not a lot happened. So, um, we start out the hour with Cookie and Malcolm. They're together. They've run away together to the Berkshires. I know, Berkshires. <laughs> Is that even real? I don't I feel like I've heard of it, but I'm like, but wait, is well, no, that you, real? No, you just could, but that's because of Berkshire Hathaway, which is like, uh, you know, uh, what's his face, Warren Buffett's like company. But I mean, I don't I've know, heard of that before, right? But I don't think, I don't know if Berkshire is like, like a, a real, place to go. Right. I think, I think you, right. <laughs> okay, maybe not. They maybe didn't want to say Poconos, up. so they just picked Berkshire. Okay, maybe I'm, like told, I'm totally making it up. Then I probably have no. No, no, I, I just never heard of it. We just might be completely out of loop because it's a one percenter thing. I well, I, I have no idea, but we we find them going to the Berkshires, and I mean, simply put, I mean, they go there to to get it on. I mean, that's what happens. I mean, it was, you know, it was it it was what it was. I guess. I don't know if you have any comments yeah. on no, that. No, I mean, well, I mean, they, they, they finally got to have uh, a sex again because they had sex before, and they had. Do we know before. for sure if they had sex before in her office? You, I, I assume they did, but I don't know. Yeah, he took her on the table, man. Okay. That was like on the desk, and was it? I yeah. thought it was just up against the wall. I did rewatch that episode. I'm pretty sure it was just up against the wall. Okay, regardless maybe... if it was on the wall or on the desk, <laughs> they already got it on. So that's okay, kind of like when they finally got to do it in this cabin in the Berkshire or the Berkshire. Whatever. It wasn't, well, to me, it just didn't have any, the, the dramatic effect was pretty much uh, dampened because it wasn't like their first time and mm-hmm. you're anticipating because you've been mm-hmm. watching them build up this this sexual uh, you know, frustration or a sexual tension throughout the season. You just wait right. for it to happen. It was more like, hey, they already did it before, so whatever. Right, yeah. I mean, it was a typical scene, you know, the different shots and whatnot. So, I mean, that's basically what happened there. Um, I'm going to move along because I didn't have very much else to say about that. Um, I believe the next thing we see is uh, Snoop comes onto the scene. 
And um, are you okay there? I'm fine. <laughs> Sorry, my husband is having some technical difficulties over here. Um, so Snoop comes onto the scene. Apparently, he's going to um, have a performance. And I didn't understand what this... This was like, what, a pre... Um, IPO launch performance, I, I guess. I didn't know. understand the purpose of this performance. I kind of blanked out. <laughs> but anyway, Snoop uh, is with uh, Lucius. I'm going to call him Lou because now that Becky has called him Lou, I am also going to call Lucius Lou. Wait a minute. What? I forgot something I wanted to talk oh, about. Oh, here we go. With Cookie yes. and, and uh, Malcolm. Malcolm, Malcolm Antoine okay. Fisher. Um, <laughs> Cookie said, before they got it on when they were in the cabin, she was all... Hesitant, she's like, I've never been with any other man but Lucius. And I was like, <laughs> really? Are you telling me that Lucius was your first, your last, and your everything? I mean, I can understand a 17-year period when she was in prison. Of course. <laughs> but if Orange is the New Black is any indication, I'm sure she could have gotten on with a security guard or a CO, whatever they call him, correctional officer, while she was in there. But even, even given that, once she got out of prison, Dude, she didn't find anything that she wanted. Like, come on, she was in there for seventeen years and she didn't get nada. You got, you can't tell me that she wasn't hard up to get something before Malcolm came along, because Malcolm didn't come along to like the fifth or sixth episode. I mean, have you been watching the show? She's been pining after Lucius this whole time, sort of. Yeah, but but even okay, but even before then, like she was out of prison for quite some time before she got something, <laughs> and that was like seventeen uh, years. No. No, she hasn't done anything. Well, she should have. Well, I mean, tell it to the writers next season. I'm just saying, you want to be realistic, man. She should have been like doing the bus driver on the way from the prison or something <laughs> because she was in there a long time and had like nothing going on. Well, but that's that's neither here nor there. Back to Snoop. Anyway, Snoop. So Snoop comes onto the scene and he's going to be performing along with Hakeem for. Um, I, I'm gonna say this is their pre-IPO launch party or something, know. or maybe the pre-Lucius uh, Lion sound party. I have no idea. It, it made no sense, and none of this stuff involving this IPO makes sense. I mean, you have to suspend a whole bunch of disbelief to believe that that a hip hop record label is having an <laughs> IPO for a public stock, and then then getting listed on the New York Stock Exchange. Like that is so far from reality. It's not even. They made funny. it seem really easy though. Yeah, they did make it seem really easy, but uh, and, I mean, it's just the whole season. But in 2015, basically. and the, the way the record business is, is nobody investing in a record company, especially a rap record company, where it's more <laughs> cyclical, cyclical in nature as far as their revenue streams are concerned. No, that's not a good investment, and there's no way they would get an IPO. But you have to suspend disbelief when you're talking about uh, Lee Daniels and, and Empire. So yeah. yeah, well, the performance happened, and during the performance, uh, one of the key moments was Hakeem gets up there and performs and basically goes in and goes off on Lou and uh which was weird to me which was kind of weird because because you know why it was weird that was weird that he's upset with them because it was weird because like anyone seems to be after the last episode like I don't know are, are they angry or not because they go back and forth they they go yes. back and forth between, you know, they're angry with them, but they're not mm-hmm. angry, and then, like, they're going to do something about it, but they're not. So I don't know what, like, I, I don't know where Hakeem's motivation came from, because he was cool all the way up until the, until, the, yeah. until that part. And I was right. like, um, okay, well, so why are you upset now? Like, well, it's so weird. In terms of the show, in terms of that anger, like, everybody, you're right, goes back and forth with regard to their anger for 
for Lucius and like the one person that I constantly had a problem with doing that was Jamal. Like one moment he's like pissed at him, right? And and rightfully so because Lucius has been going off on him or saying little snide comments, snarky comments, whatever to him. And so yeah, like he totally has a reason to not like his father. I mean, at any moment, right. you know, Lucius likes to you know throw a little jab about you know Jamal being gay and all this stuff. So. I, I understand why he's mad, but then he goes back and he's kind of seemingly, like, okay with him. I mean, it's kind of like a terse, like, like right. okay. <laughs> like, a, I don't know how the to... characterizations of these characters, mm-hmm. I guess, are so uh, inconsistent. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, it's literally from, like, scene to scene. Like, yeah, they, in the same episode, They yeah. change, and it's, it's so odd. But what, yeah. what struck me about that particular, about that performance with Snoop, uh, more so than Hakeem just going off on his father was the fact that like it's 2015 and look at where Snoop is now. Like Snoop is kind of like the unofficial mascot of America. <laughs> Do you think so? And it's just that Snoop is like everywhere. Snoop has gotten you know reality shows. He appears uh-huh. on talk shows all the time. He's you know he's really like the safe mascot for America where he's always you know somewhere someplace doing something on television. And I'm like, did, did we all forget this dude was on trial for murder 20 years ago? I mean, not saying that he did it or anything. I just find it funny, like, his, his redemption story of someone who was on trial for murder. Murder was the case that they gave him 20 <laughs> years ago. And he, you know, he, he was acquitted of those charges. And then now he's like, a, you know, America's sweetheart. He's like a lovable <laughs> Snoop, you know I mean? He's rapping about, you know, gin and juice and, you know, chicks and blunts and all that stuff, you know, 25 years ago. And now it's just so funny that, like, he's kind of, like, safe. He's appearing in everything mainstream. I just, I, that just strikes me about that. It's, it's hilarious to me. He's on Plazanet. I know, Animal Plazanet. <laughs> hey, 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 look at this, look at this lemur. Oh man, that lemur, he's crazy. If if you don't watch Jimmy Kimmel, you gotta watch, at least find it online. Search Jimmy Kimmel, Snoop Dogg, Animal Plazanet, and prepare to get your life because it's quite hilarious. It is so funny. <laughs> And it's so, so funny. He's just like America's mascot now. And I just thought that was interesting. But it's good though, just quickly wrap that, this up, but it's good though because if he were still rapping about blunts and stuff like that, you know, he's kind of old. He's still rapping about the same thing. Yeah. I'm just saying like, but it's kind of good I, that he's moved on. I mean, he, slightly, do, he I think. does. I think people just pretty dismiss it at this point. <laughs> oh, like, he okay. still raps about the same stuff. It's just that like, I don't know. They just kind of accepted him, and like he's not taken like seriously. He's not like a menace, you know. Like back then, oh, in the yeah. days of uh, Chronic and Doggy Style, okay. like you know, rap was more dangerous than now. It's just like they just accept that's what Snoop does. He smokes about weed all the time and he stuff like that. Oh, no, he may smoke a about weed too. <laughs> much as he smokes, he smokes about weed. He raps about weed. <laughs> Crazy. All right. Well, enough about Snoop. Um, okay, so this new performance happened. We see Hakeem, you know, go off on Lucius, and and promptly thereafter, <laughs> Lucius finds Hakeem and punches him in the face. 
Which was hilarious. I mean, <laughs> yo, Hakeem catches more L's than a Scrabble he board, man. He gets beat up, doesn't he? He, I, I mean, mean Cookie mom, didn't beat him up with a broomstick. Twice, she beat him up twice. Right, right. I mean, Jamal beat, beat him, him up. up. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody beats up Hakeem. Like, he is so soft, so man. Laughing at I mean, this, he's soft hilarious. as a Twinkie feeling. Like, how, and he's supposed to be this hardcore rapper, supposedly. And I guess, I mean, well, I don't know how hardcore, but he comes right. across like he's like this. And I guess that's the character that's what they're trying to do with the character. Like, he plays, you know, plays this role of being like, I'm this hardcore, you know, rebel type young, you know, knucklehead rapper. But yeah, his family beats him up. But everyone beats daily. him up. And he's like the <laughs> softest member of the family. It's so funny. Hilarious. Okay. So. Anyway, so one of the main points of the hour was that Lucius finds out about Cookie and Malcolm via <laughs> Cookie's assistant, Portia. Uh, Portia did a terrible job trying to cover that up. But anyway, he finds out about those two and promptly uh, kicks Cookie out of the company. You know, he gets rid of her security and all that stuff. And... Um, yeah, I mean, that whole moment when Cookie, you know, comes to the company with her sister Carol and they're trying to get in and, you know, they're, you know, going back and forth. I didn't, I don't know. It, it seemed really fake. There are a lot of moments like that throughout Empire that just seem so, like they're, well, obviously it's fake, but it seems like forced. Like they're trying to force certain things to happen. And I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it was necessary for them to have this whole big confrontation, um, but it just seemed very forced to me. Yeah, and it's definitely a, a waste of, of Tasha Smith. Like, I don't even know why they bothered yeah. putting her on the show. Like, she's been in three episodes so far that I can and remember. And she hasn't done anything in any of those three and episodes. Tasha Smith is awesome. I, like I mean, her. why did she even bother bringing her on the show? And mm-hmm. she really has. She, her roles and her scenes are of no consequence. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they really have no impact on on the plot of, of, of any episode or, or any storyline. So why bother bringing her in? Yeah. You know, you could have gotten just a, I mean, uh, I mean, she's not like famous or anything, but they could have gotten someone with less of a name. I mean, Tasha Smith is like a named actress. Mm-hmm. I mean, people know sure. who she is. So right. they could have gotten someone of a lesser name if they're going to have her just not do anything of substance in any of these episodes. And, uh, and I'll say the same thing about another character, which we'll talk about later. Um, so anyway, Malcolm then comes to Cookie she, as she's cleaning out her office and asks her to go to D.C. And um, she declines, saying that she, you know, wants to stay because she's built Empire and she she doesn't want to leave it. And basically, you know, she's plotting to, to take it back or whatever. So that whole thing, um, getting back to Malcolm and Cookie, that whole storyline was just such... I don't know. It was just too... It was a flash in the pan. I guess that's what I want to say. It was just so quick. I mean, for a while, you've got Cookie just pining over him, pining over him, and then all of a sudden, he wants to be with her, and they go and have this little quick rendezvous somewhere, and then, up, he's leaving. So that was just kind of, I don't know, a waste also to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know why... I don't know why they didn't... They didn't have to drag it out per se, but it would have been nice to see if um, it would have been nice to have Malcolm give Cookie a little hint that something could have happened like earlier on. Like he gave her no hints whatsoever, and then all of a sudden he goes to her. You know, was it the last episode? Like you know, I want to be with you, and it's like what? I don't know. It was just maybe I'm just not. Um, 
into soaps enough and so maybe this kind of thing happens on soap operas all the time uh, I haven't watched a soap opera in a long time shout out to days of our lives but <laughs> a shout out like days of our lives shout out days right lives. now because I used to be my joint okay anyway so yeah I haven't watched soaps in a very long time so maybe that's what they do on typical soap operas but I I just thought it was so fast like well, look, the, so now I guess he's gone well the problem the problem with this show is and the and the and this particular problem started to creep its head up in like maybe the last four or five episodes is the pacing. The pacing yeah. on this show is terrible. Like things happen way too quickly and too much stuff happens off screen that goes unexplained mm-hmm. and you as a viewer are expected to just accept that this happened. Like you know, put the pieces together. Like okay, right, put the pieces all... together, and 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 that's yeah. and that's really a terrible problem with this show. Like the, the pacing is really really bad. I mean, throughout the episode, these two episodes of this uh, finale, I mean, things happen so quickly. Mm-hmm. It's like it's just hard to to, to catch up. I mean, it, right. it, it really to me it's just, it's it's poor planning on on the producers' part and and, and letting these storylines. Uh, unfold, you know, naturally. Right. It's, it's, it's like they were just trying to rush too much and then mm-hmm. and push it through as, as quickly as possible. And it really takes away from the enjoyment of the show when, like, they're jumping from here to here to here, especially it goes back to what I was saying about people's, you know, the characterizations of the characters and, you know, their feelings and motivations, like, literally change from scene to scene. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. wow, like, how did he get from feeling like this to feeling like this in a matter of, like, you know, three and a half minutes? Right. And and also it's just very difficult to 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 measure you know what's the what, what's the measure of time in in these episodes mm-hmm. like what how long is it between all these events that are happening right the time has yeah what you know, time is it has days elapsed. is it elapsed. weeks because like I said things are happening so quickly it's like mm-hmm. it's really hard to keep track yeah and that was very uh, clear in this episode particularly this first hour but. Um, Yes. So moving on, um, the next big uh, thing that happened in this first part was Andre and Michelle. So Andre, um, he seeks out Michelle at her church and essentially wants to get involved. He tells her that he doesn't want to return to Empire. And um, later on, he tells Lucius that he... He has a higher, higher power and that he... Higher purpose. A purpose. Sorry. And, and, higher, and what Lucius said, and Lucius said... There's no higher purpose than being the maker of music. That's the voice of God. That was a terrible. That was a terrible <laughs> Terrence Howard. I, I need a little bit more treble in my bass with you the Terrence need a Howard. A little bit more something. I don't know what you need. Well, what well, if was... I just edited it with Maine? <laughs> Maine. <laughs> that's the voice of God, Maine. Oh. Then that would have been a better Terrence Howard. Let's just leave Terrence Howard's voice to him. <laughs> so. Um, so this whole part with Andre and Michelle, I mean, my biggest thing with that was it, it was just so weird. I mean, the whole first part, we just see him, you know, he's at church with her and they're putting what hymnals or I guess hymnals in each of the roads and he's helping out. Like he just has now joined the church. He's left his wife. And that was another thing. I mean, Rhonda was nowhere to be exactly. found. Exactly, they did not show it's like, Rhonda. Okay, what's going on here? But yeah, I just thought this whole Andre and Michelle thing was crazy, and the fact that yeah, Michelle didn't have any kind of conversation with him. Like, what about your family? What about your wife? Like, why are you here all the time? Like, what is going on? But um, yeah, I, I didn't really, 
I don't know. I didn't care for the storyline. I don't. I mean, I understand they wanted to use uh, Jennifer Hudson in some way, which is lovely. But I just thought the storyline was just kind of. I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't there for it, <laughs> as they say. I wasn't here for it. Um, they could have missed me with that. But next, um, I don't know if you had anything else to add to that story, but I'll just no, move right no, along. You can move it along. Okay. So the next part of this um, story goes to Jamal and, yes, Jamal and Lucius. So Lucius is trying to work on a song for his big uh, show, his big Lucius Lion show, and he's stuck. So he tells Jamal this, and Jamal takes him to what I guess is their old house. I believe it is their old house, which I thought was in Philadelphia. So I guess they travel back to Philadelphia to basically go into their old house and try to recreate uh, the feelings that Lucius used to have when he was creating songs back in the day. And, and they have this, uh, I guess, a decent <laughs> father-son moment, if you want to call it that. Um, where there, you know, Jamal is sitting there talking about how he really admired his father and all of this wonderful, you know, happy stuff. And, you know, it gets Lucius to remember how he used to create music and, you know, guess he's trying to, you know, just basically bring back those old feelings that he had to help him. So that's where we are with that part. Well, my question with that is, what, like this house, why did they walk up in his house and his house looked like it was the same as it was, you know, whatever, 20 years ago? Yeah. Like, they had instruments set up and, like, yeah. pictures on the mantle. I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Like, what? whose house is this now? Like, who owns this house? Like, they walk into this house and it looks the same as it was 20 years ago. So I'm just so confused. Like, it's, uh, who lives there now? Who owns it? I mean, it, it, just, it made no sense to me. And like you said, is it in Philly or is it in New York? Like, where is this house? I mean, house? it's out there all from Philly. So I'm assuming it was their Philly house. But I think it's pres it was preserved. I mean, maybe Lucius, you know, once he started making money, he, like, kept the house or tried to hang on to the house the entire time he finally hit it big and just kept everything as it was. So he made it like it was, like, Hitsville, USA. Uh, Essentially, sure. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That means it's probably a funeral home right next door to it then. Right. So the two create a song um, based off of what I think was an old Lucius song. And they um, basically had this moment where Terrence is playing the guitar and Jamal is playing the piano and... and Lucius is singing. See, that's the thing. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. I don't need you singing anymore, man. Like, he really doesn't need to sing anymore. Like, he can, whatever. He wants to play guitar, that's fine. Yeah. He wants to sit down and, and play with the keyboards, that's fine. But he shouldn't be singing. I'm like, yo, it's man. Just something extremely nasally. But at the very least, you know, they threw in a little uh, hustle and flow joke in there with that whoop that trick. Oh, what did he say? Oh, when he was singing the song, he when uh, Terrence Howard was singing, or Lucius was singing the song. One of the lyrics he said was "Whoop that trick." Oh, really? Yeah, oh, I missed that. I missed that. Uh, yeah, I definitely will have to um, go back and rewatch some things uh, because I will be writing a blog about this. So I uh, definitely have to go back and see some of those moments I missed. But also in this moment, um, we see Lucius essentially ask. Jamal to get his masters back from Beretti. Um, so they have this whole conversation and and I was just so confused. I was like, why do you think he can get
get your master's back? And Jamal does ask this. He was like, why do you think I can <laughs> do this? And I was just like, this doesn't make any sense. As if it's like that easy to just say, hey, man, I need my master's. Like, I don't understand. Like, give me my dad's master's back. Is that what he's supposed to go and tell Beretti? Like, I don't understand. But... Uh, did you have something you wanted to say about that? No, I mean, uh, you could keep going talking okay. about how Jamal proceeds to try to get those yeah, masters back. Yeah, so, so he does actually go and tries to get those uh, masters back. And um, Hakeem is already there because Hakeem earlier in the show said that he's basically out. He's going to leave Empire or whatever. Right, He's uh, Hakeem is like saying that he's going to go to Creedmoor, which right. is Beretti's label. So... Supposedly, Hakeem is at Beretti's place. I don't know if there's a party going on or what. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know and, what's going on. And Beretti played by the great Judd Nelson. And they go to, um, and he's there. So Jamal shows up as as well. And then once, uh, you know, uh, Cookie finds out mm-hmm. about it, her and Lucius go there as well to mm-hmm. stop Jamal. Wait, does Cookie go? I thought she went. No, I don't maybe think she, she didn't was there. Okay. It was just, um, it was just Lucius. Okay. Just, sorry. He went to go stop Hakeem. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So Jamal goes, and Hakeem is already there, and Jamal asks to speak to Beretti, and the next thing you know, <laughs> he's got Beretti hanging over the edge of a balcony, and everyone rushes and tries. To, I was just like, and he's, he's dangling. I over can't the, even talk because this scene just so preposterous. Was just it was preposterous. Do you think that could happen in real life? <sighs> What? Steven. What? <laughs> of course it can't. Of you know, course like, it wouldn't. Did that wouldn't happen in real life? No. May I direct you to one Mr. Suge Knight? <laughs> oh. Former CEO of Death Row Records, who allegedly dangled vanilla ice over a balcony in order to extract some uh, signatures on a contract from him. Uh, I believe uh, Suge Knight wanted some publishing uh, revenue from uh, from Vanilla Ice or something like that. And Vanilla Ice says, hey, Suge hung, hung me over a balcony and forced me to do this. And then not too long after that, Vanilla Ice <laughs> took back that statement. But that that has happened in real life if you, if you want to believe Vanilla Ice. If you want to believe Vanilla Ice. Well... I don't care what happened in real life. All I care about is what happened on this show. But and also, that was just like... A very ludicrous moment, sorry. But it wasn't nearly as entertaining as when it happened in Five Heartbeats with, uh, you're looking at me with a blank stare because you're not about that Five Heartbeats life. Uh, yes, but I've never five seen Heartbeats, it. Oh my goodness, you've never seen Five Heartbeats? I've seen like bits and pieces. Oh my goodness, we're going to have to watch that. That's an awesome movie. Anyway, I know, everyone says it's great. I'm I mean, it's, it's, I'll get around to it. Yeah, okay. It's a very, <laughs> it's a very entertaining movie. But anyway, with uh, Big Red from, um, from Five Heartbeats, Hangs over uh, the guy over the over the balcony when the guy says he wants to talk to Big Red about his contract, and Big Red told him my office hours are from nine to five, and he hangs him over the balcony and you know scares the living daylights out of him. So <laughs> there is precedent for people being hung out over balconies in uh, uh, in the record business. <laughs> okay, well, who knew? But yes, yeah, so. The funny thing is, it's just kind of like out of all the characters to do something like this, sweet, innocent Jamal. See, that's the thing. You just bind into that stereotype. Jamal is as hard as they come. I mean, you see how he beat up the king. I mean, like, sweet. I meant like he's a nice guy. 
but I guess he's not that nice. Nah, he's he's hardcore. He's hardcore, and 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 apparently Lucius approved of the moment. <laughs> he was like, "Let's give these men some. What did he say? Let's give let's leave them alone or something like that." That was funny. Um, also, which what was funny was on Twitter. If you were on Twitter following. Uh, along with people tweeting about the show, somebody brought up that Terrence Howard seems to always be uh, trying to talk people, um, talk people off of uh, hanging people over cliffs because that's what he did in The Best Man, I think twice, <laughs> in both of those Best Mans, I think. Uh, it was funny, but anyway, moving right along. Later on, as we uh, see Lucius going through the house, he comes across Hakeem, getting it on with Anika. Nika, total what moment right there. My man Hakeem, he was getting in with Anika. Hakeem went from homegirl who was her name Tiana or T what her Tiara? Yeah, Tiana. Tiana to Naomi Campbell to Anika. I mean, how's the lamest dude on the show getting dime pieces like that? That's all I want to know, man. Why? How? Why? I don't know. I mean, he's the worst actor on the show. <laughs> he's the worst rapper on the show. And yet, he he's don't... not that bad of a rapper. Mm. He was better than that Black Rambo dude who rapped in the second part. I don't know who that Black Rambo was. I don't know who he was, but he was terrible. Black Rambo. Yeah, we're gonna like, what was he Rambo. trying to do? And that's but the anyway. problem. Yeah, they need to do better on some of these raps. But anyway, so that he's getting on and Lucius finds uh, those who get that. on. And yeah, he, that and was weird. And yeah, and he's like, apparently they did it to get back at Lucius. But right. They, so what did they do? They were waiting for him to come into the room? Exactly. <laughs> so here's the thing. Yeah. How did they know he was going to even show up? I guess they were just going to do it and then tell him that they did it. <laughs> because they maybe didn't know he was going to show up. They said, okay, well, we're going to do it and we're going to tell him that we did it. Or we could just wait for him to just show up unexpectedly and he could see us in the act. What, what are the two? Bad move, Empire. Bad move. Okay, so after all of that hubbub, Lucius finds out, and I, and I know I skipped some things, but this is a big moment. Right. So, uh, so Lucius eventually finds out from his, his doctor that... He does not have ALS. Well, wow. Worst doctor ever. ever. Like, how he, do you misdiagnose ALS? And this dude thought he had ALS for a while. Right. Like a long time. This wasn't like she told him on Monday and then she came back on Tuesday. Like, Surprise, I was wrong. Right. It was more like this guy had ALS. He thought he had ALS for months. Months. Yes. months. I mean, all the follow-up tests that you gave him and all the, you know, the medicine and reactions right. to the medicine, he, I mean, come on. I didn't... Right. So his nurse, the, the guy nurse that was treating him at his home is um, the one that basically discovered that he couldn't have ALS because he was see, he had double vision. And so the guy looks up on his phone, apparently. I know. He goes like WebMD on I his know. phone. It's like, <laughs> I was like, what's hmm. he looking at on his phone? Double vision isn't a symptom of ALS. ALS. And he said that all loud right in front of people. Like, dude, you, like, do you know anything about like HIPAA and, like, right. you know, not disclosing like medical information exactly. of your patients? It was so, so, yeah. So ridiculous. the guy finds it out and I guess tells the doctor. And so the doctor, you know, comes and says, uh, you don't have ALS. You have something called MG. I don't know what the technical name was for it. I don't know how to pronounce it, but something that's in, called MG. And it's serious, but not fatal. It's actually a treatable condition. So 
yay, Lucius is not going to die. So, of course, you know, he has his evil laugh moment, which I thought was hysterical. Um, but after that, his nurse comes back and uh, I guess is giving him some medication and gives him some sleeping pills um, because some of the other medication, I guess, would give him insomnia. I don't so, know. I don't know. But uh, Lucius wants to take this medication right away. So, he takes these sleeping pills and so he's knocked out. Later on, Cookie comes in and she wants to talk to him, sees that he's sleeping, but all of a sudden he starts um, talking in his sleep. And at first, you know, you think he's talking to Cookie because he tells, <laughs> he says to get off the bed. He's yelling at her to get off the bed. But as we come to find out, he's actually uh, hallucinating and is talking to Bunky. And he basically confesses to killing him and that he is not going to die. All the while, Cookie is sitting right there listening to all of it. So she now knows that Lucius killed uh, Bunky and that he's not going to be dying. That was a really hilarious scene. And it was so funny because he was just like sitting up in bed. And I don't know why I thought it was just so funny. Like, why couldn't he lay in bed like with his eyes awake or, or eyes open? I don't know. It was just so funny. It was so stupid. That was one of the worst scenes <laughs> in these two episodes. Um, it was one of the worst, not the worst. But it was just... <laughs> And, and there's a problem with Lee Daniels generally and with this show specifically. They're too on the nose. Like, they really, there's no room for nuance in this show at all. It's all the, like, everyone has to express their motivations, express their feelings directly. Mm -hmm. It's like, he basically says, I killed Bunky. I'm not dying of ALS. Ha ha ha. And it's like, it, it's this, it, there's no, there's no cleverness at all mm -hmm. in the writing and how things are, are revealed in the show. It's pretty much like everything is just out there, just mm -hmm. flat out there. And it's, it was, it was, to me, it was really ridiculous that the entire scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really, really out there. And of course, uh, like I said, Cookie hears all this and she's overcome with anger and then does what, you know, I didn't see coming, but it came and I was kind of like, really? We see Cookie try to smother Lucius in his sleep. Right. Or whatever. And she picks up, the, she picks picks up the, pillow. the pillow and then, you know, they show the camera angle looking up at her for the viewer and she brings the pillow down and then, you know, she brings it down and then I guess the show cuts. Yeah. She says it's over. Yeah. And then it cuts. Right. And then we come back into the second hour of this, and we see Cookie looking at the same angle, looking down into the camera, and we don't know at the moment if she has done it or not. But she's crying, teary. She's teary-eyed, and so we don't know if she's done it or not. Um, so we move into the second hour of the show, and we see all of the lion boys are... Uh, we see gifts on the table, and then all the lion boys come to the table, and... And before we go any further, I just sure. want to say, and, and, and that's the problem with the show, is just keeping track and following what's going on, because after, you know, the it looks like she may have killed him with the with the pillow, you see these gifts on the table, and then you can see, you know, the lighting and the scene is, is a little bit... Uh, lighter, um, the the focus is a little bit softer mm -hmm. uh, in the camera, and 
it's like it's just shot very weird, weirdly because it's like, is this a dream sequence? Because it just didn't mm, make any yeah, sense. Yeah, it's true. It was very slow moving. Like right. they went over all the gifts. So and it's it was like, okay, a dream sequence. And yeah. then you know, Lucius comes in and he hands out you know gifts for each of the sons. Right. And then I'm like, well, what's going on here? Like, why? Why mm-hmm. did he just decide to give him these gifts? And then mm-hmm. he decides to tell them that. I'm not dying. Right, right. <laughs> Which is... Well, he hands over these gifts. They each open these gifts. And I missed Jamal's gift. I think I was tweeting at the time. So I, or not Jamal. I missed um, Hakeem's gift. Hakeem's but, gift was like these, like a... It was like some kind of amulet that looked like wings or something. Okay. And he was saying to him, like, I guess to say, like, I tried to control you. I shouldn't have tried to control right. you. Don't let anybody control you. You know, you're a free spirit type of thing. Mm-hmm. So now you're going to have use of the private jet to go wherever you want. Like, ooh. Right. Fancy. And then, so, yeah, and then Andre gets this cross, and then Jamal, he gets this... But wait a minute, not just he gets, a, he gets the cross, and then he tells Andre, I'm going to give $100 million for a oh, charitable right. foundation. I'm like, where did this record come to get $100 million, million for a charitable foundation? Right. Like, this million. makes, I mean, this is this goes, this keeps in line with the rest of the ridiculousness of the business operations right. of this right. of this particular but record. But finally, company. yes, Jamal gets the scepter, and he gets control of the company. Um, which that was really unexpected, and I have to agree with Hakeem. Like, <laughs> why is he choosing a successor if he's not gonna die now? <laughs> but um, I mean, that's that's honestly what I thought. Like, what kind of what's the point? But anyway, so we see that Jamal gets um, handed over the 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 keys to the company, and then Cookie comes in, and Cookie gets a gift, <laughs> and I had to really laugh at this moment. She opens her gift, and it's a tiny little pillow. <laughs> and Lucius just looks at her like, yeah, I know what you did. So anyway, he takes her and Jamal into his office, and he shows the tape, and we see that he knows that Cookie tried to smother him in his sleep. Oh, what a moment that was. Yeah, it's a tape because uh, Lucius had video cameras set up around his yeah, house. Yeah, Mal- he says that Malcolm. Malcolm. Yeah, it's so like, he, oh, your little boyfriend He has a tape cameras. of her, mm-hmm. you know, looking, you know, acting like she's going to smother him mm-hmm. in his sleep. Right. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Thanks for repeating that, honey. <laughs> so we see that. And that was quite a laughable moment. Um, and I believe, I, I don't have my other notes in front of me, but I believe he had a... a some funny things to say. I think this is where he had the checkmate bitch uh, comment <laughs> during this moment. Um, but going further along in this episode, so um, Anika enters the scene again, and this time she's with Hakeem, and she wants to take over the company. So basically she wants to get Hakeem and Andre on board with a hostile takeover. And... Uh, Funny enough, in another scene, Cookie wants to do the same with Hakeem. I don't know what I thought about this. Um, I don't. I I understand Anika's motivation for wanting to take the company over, but at the same time, I'm like, why? Like, why do you, why do you want? I'm I'm just questioning. But wasn't like, she why? with Beretti? Did she leave that's, to work with that's Beretti? That's what I thought. So I'm just kind of confused about yeah, like why is she trying to now take over this company when she went to another company? 
supposedly and is working. I mean, it's not like she's out of a job. <laughs> so I don't I don't know if I was really understanding her motivation. I mean, I guess it's all, you know, it's all about revenge and getting back at Lucius and all of that. I understand that. So I so I guess that's why she's trying to take over the company. I don't know. If you had any other thoughts I about that. I, I, it, yeah. it was, I don't know. And so anyway, so we see that happen with Anika. And then, you know, on the flip side, Cookie seems to want to do the same. Um, she approaches Hakeem and wants uh, him to help her start their own company. Well, start their own company, basically. So um, we've got those two things going on. Meanwhile, uh, we go back to Andre and Rhonda. Rhonda comes onto the scene. It's like, finally, like, where's she been? And she's packing, and she's essentially going to leave Andre. Uh because he's basically been MIA because he's been at church with Michelle. So those two uh, talk and she ends up leaving. Um, next, we go back. Oh, oh, go ahead. Before we oh. go further, yeah. you missed uh, another WTF moment. Uh, is when, uh, I guess, part of the strategy of, of taking the company away from Jamal, uh, from Jamal was to... Uh, Rile up the, the the homophobic element of fans and rappers on the label. Oh, with the press conference, right? So this guy, the rapper, did that happen after that point? I don't know. It happened at some point, but we could talk about it now. Sure. Because because <laughs> I, I I believe it happened before uh, Rhonda came back to that apartment, and yeah, the guy like you know this, what is the rapper named Black Rambo's mm-hmm. you know called <laughs> called Jamal a Batman. And they, uh, you know, said no one's never going to, you know, work under you or be under you or something mm-hmm. like that, trying to undermine him. And then to get revenge, uh, I guess Jamal shows up to a rap battle. Like, Black Rambo was like... Right. Doing a, a, that was a, after all the cookie. Sorry, I was uh, just trying to keep it in my head because I'm like, where did that happen? No, that was after, like, Anika and Cookie fought. Right. So, anyway, but so I was going to talk about the... Big cookie fight, <laughs> big cookie fight, the big Anika and cookie fight. Um, not that I had a lot to say about it, but that was just a, a crazy moment where it was very reminiscent of uh, a lot of people said it was very reminiscent of the whole dynasty cat fights. No, you know, it, back. it wasn't. I mean, it, it, well, you it, know, it, that they, was what they were trying to that's, invoke. That's what they're trying to invoke, but they didn't do a really good job of it because it wasn't as as ostent. I don't want to say ostentatious, but it wasn't as over the top. As the, the the Crystal and Alexis mm-hmm. Carrington fights of, of Dallas years, that, I mean, it was in the it was in the room with like a pool table, and for it to be really like pool, <laughs> yeah, for, for, it, for it to be like a real dynasty fight, it had to been like a knockdown drag out. It should have been like knocking over plants and trees. And nobody else should have been around because no the other been two around. were right. around, and they kind of like let them fight it out for a little bit, and then they came in to separate them, which I thought was kind of funny. Well, it was like how hockey referees do. Like, they let the guys fight a little bit to tire themselves out. And when they're tired, <laughs> that's when the refs come in and, all right, break it up, break it up. But, I mean, just going along with what you're saying, that it wasn't really a dynasty type right. fight. It, 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 yeah, you I were mean, anticipating yeah. this fight all season long, and it was kind of like, hmm, it was a little <laughs> bit of a letdown, I, I must Jesus. say. Okay. Well, anyway, after the fight, now you can talk about, yes, Jamal. Yeah, well, I guess Black Ramble was having a black rap battle, and then so <laughs> Jamal shows up to battle, to challenge him. And... You know, Jamal shows up to a rap battle with an R&B song. Like, Wait a minute, son. That's a rap battle. How you gonna get up there and start singing, man? And he sings a song about 
you know, you know, not, you know, talk, don't talk about, you know, you know, you don't have to like, you know, I'm proud that I'm gay. Don't talk about me or something like that. Whatever it was in response to to Black Rambo. And I'm like, this is so ridiculous. It would have been much, much, much better if Jamal actually came out and dropped a few bars. Like if he actually <laughs> rapped instead of singing, then it would have been it would have been a nice change of pace. You could see like, oh, okay, he could bring the he could bring the rap too. But no, he gets up there and he starts harmonizing. I'm like, <laughs> dude. All I could think of was Eight Mile. Yeah, I mean that's what everyone said, but you know I didn't see Eight Mile, so. Oh well, that was very basically that was exactly what Eminem did. So like Eminem battles this guy. Uh, oh my God, what was his name? Cornbread. Kappa something. Kappa. I cannot remember. But anyway, uh, that guy uh, was going off on Eminem. Basically, put all of Eminem's business out uh, on the street, and so his name was Bunny Rabbit. Rabbit. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> He comes, Eminem comes and basically says, Yeah, I'm this, yeah, I'm that, blah, 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 yeah, everything that you said is true. And then he starts going in on the other guy and basically says, Yeah, like you went to Cranbrook and all this stuff and you think you're hard and he like goes off. But basically he kinda had Jamal kinda had like an Eminem moment, but he sung it instead of rapping it. Right. So basically saying this kind of the same thing, like, yeah, everything you see, I'm gay, whatever. I, I, I like the song. <laughs> I like the end. It was hilarious. Why. I don't know why. It was a good song. He's a good singer. I like when he sings. So I, I, I like the moment. It was okay, okay. for me. I, I didn't mind it so much. Okay. I think he would have been trying too hard if he was rapping. I don't know. Because it's like we know he's not a rapper. That's all I'm saying. Well, yeah. Just like we know that Drake isn't a singer, but he still does it. <laughs> but Drake thinks he's a singer. <laughs> That's a difference. <laughs> anyway... Uh, moving along. So, um, I don't know what you have next, but no, next yeah. I was going to talk about... Rhonda uh, shows up, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no. Vernon goes to talk to um, Andre, and... Um, yeah, they, they have that argument They about... have this argument, and I'm sitting up here racking my brain. I didn't really... I didn't really... Uh, pay attention. Yeah, I didn't really pay attention to what they were arguing well, about. Arguing because, because, be, because basically Vernon... And Andre had this plan many episodes ago to take control of Empire. Right. Um, but with the, the way things shift from week to week on this show, I guess that plan was out the window, and Vernon decided, he, you know, like he was going to do, like help with a different plan to take over Empire. Okay. And Andre felt betrayed by that. Okay. And he said, you're supposed to have my back, and then they started arguing over it. And, right. And I swear, like, I know they mentioned it before, but I forgot that Vernon was like their uncle. And and this actually makes me want to ask: Is he really their uncle, or is he that like play, play uncle, uncle like that black like black folks folks yeah. <laughs> took uncle. the words right out of my mouth, honey? Yeah, because I don't know why. Just there was something else that happened. Oh, maybe when it was um, when Lucius earlier went to go pick Vernon up, and he was saying, you know, he was saying something about like you're, you know, you're my Wait family. A so where was Vernon? Was he in rehab? I guess, but it, then it looked like he was picking him up from a hotel. <laughs> See, that's the thing with this show. It moves too fast because next thing you know, he's picking up Vernon from somewhere. And I, we don't know. I guess we're supposed to assume it was rehab because I don't remember them mentioning him going to rehab in last week's episode. They didn't no, mention anything about that. because he just kind of like disappeared off the scene after that whole big shootout Right, situation. they didn't show him or mention him at all. And the next thing you know, this week, he's like, Terrence Howard is picking him up and he's like, you know... So, yeah, 
Was he in rehab? Who I don't know. I, I think we're supposed, and that's another situation where the writers are expecting us to infer these things. We're, mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're expected to infer that that Malik Yoba was and actually in rehab, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm going to call him Malik Yoba because, like, <laughs> I swear, until this week, I couldn't remember his name was Vernon. Like, Aww. he's Malik Yoba to me. That's that's pretty much what it's like. He's Malik Yoba, and like, Raven Simone is Raven Simone. <laughs> You know, like, I know her name is supposed to be Olivia, but she's just Raven-Simone. We're just going to call her Raven-Simone, you know? And, like, same thing with Terrence Howard. Like, certain people just have names. It's like, that's just what you're going to call He's just Terrence Howard. He's just Terrence Howard, man. (laughs) So, yes. So, Vernon goes to talk to Andre. They end up getting into it, fighting pretty badly. Um, I mean, at one point, Andre throws Vernon onto a table. Like, I mean, it's crazy. Were you not, like... Were you not expecting them to land on that table at some point? I mean, they kept setting yeah. up the camera at the table. Like, from the table. Sh- like, from the yeah, table, showing across. the fight. And I'm like, come on. See, that's that on the nose I'm talking about <laughs> with Lee Daniels. It's like, come on, dude. We know they're going to fall on the table at some point. I mean, try to surprise me with this. Please, don't set up the camera and have it sitting there anticipating a body to land on this table. I can't watch TV anymore because of you. Because of me. Yeah, because of your technical uh, things that you look at when you watch shows. <laughs> because you're the TV movie guy, so you're very much in in tune with all of those types of things. But that was kind of obvious. But though. I, but see the but, no, obvious. I'm just saying that I notice stuff like that now because okay. <laughs> because of you. So you can thank me for that. You're becoming a more sophisticated television viewer. I guess that's, I that's I good. guess I am, but I don't want it to be so much where it takes away the enjoyment, the entertainment value for me. Where I'm looking at camera angles because I typically don't care about stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> but it's okay. Thanks. <laughs> Pat you on the back there. But yeah, so Rhonda shows up during this moment and um, is yelling for them to stop. She picks up something, I believe a candlestick, and hits Vernon over the head and knocks him out. So while she's attending, she's attending to Andre, making sure he's okay and, you know, he's you know, kind of woozy out of it, but whatever. They finally look at Vernon, and Vernon had, is laying on the ground in a small pool of his own blood. That from was a significant head. amount of blood. It was a significant amount of blood from his head, and they realized, uh, you know, uh, that he is... Might be dead. Might be dead, yes. Andre checks his pulse. He's like, he has no pulse. You know, and then panic ensues. Um, you know, Andre wants to call the police, um, Rhonda's like, no, don't do that. There's gonna be. A I know, she, she's like, there's gonna be a trial. trial. I'm, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's your first thought. I know. I just, who thinks that? There's gonna be a trial. There's gonna be reporters. We let's just roll him up in the carpet and dump him in the incinerator. That's gonna be much better. <laughs> That's like, pretty much what. Every yeah. time a show does that, it's like, ugh. I just want to like smack them on the head because is that going to be much better than you telling the truth and going to the police? Hey, if it worked for how to get away with murder, I'm sure but it's going to work for it's not working for how to get away with murder. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yes. Yeah. So during all of this, they're going back and forth, back and forth. Call the police. No, don't call the police. This is going to happen. Blah, blah, blah. There's going to be a trial. Yada, yada, yada. And oh, by the way, I'm pregnant. Boom. That's what happens. And Andre is like, what? And so, yeah. So now we don't know what happened to Vernon. So now we don't. So now we don't know what happens because the next thing they all show up to the, the IPO. Uh, to the IPO to the stock exchange to ring officially the ring the bell and launch the you know launch them becoming public, and they were sitting there waiting for Vernon to show up, but you know, Andre plays it 
cool, quote unquote cool. It was like, oh, he's probably like, you know, went on another binge or whatever. So yeah, yeah, whatever. He made a joke. Yeah. So we don't know what happened to poor Vernon. He is probably rolled up in the carpet in a dumpster somewhere, which is going to be sad. Or um, even worse, they might actually like, maybe he didn't die, but they have him like chained up somewhere. Oh my god! Because I can see this show going in that direction. I hope not. They're gonna have him chained up like like Lizzie had time chained up in the blacklist, <laughs> like on an abandoned ship in the harbor. And they're just going to keep them there indefinitely until they figure out what they're going to do. I mean, I wouldn't put it past Empire to do something as, as ridiculous as that. Yeah, I could see something crazy like that happening. So after all the, so after all the uh, stock exchange stuff happens, yay, finally it's time for the party. The party happens and Jamal, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Hakeem and Jamal perform. And, you know, it's all wonderful. And we see... Uh, Lucius in the back, uh, in the mirror, and he's all, you know, whatever he's doing. It kind of, like, blanked out a little bit okay. <laughs> what he's doing at that point. Um, but, yes, we see these performances. And I didn't have much to say at this point. I mean, it's a party, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's the big, it's the big, the big it's the big, uh, you know, I don't know, anniversary. It's a big celebratory concert that they were going to have. Right, uh, go celebrating his, his, his music his, history. Lucius' his music and history. And they have very special guests and all these right, things. Right, so people perform, like Hakeem and, and Jamal performed a song. And like, randomly Michelle is performing because she's taking the place of Rita Ora. So we saw earlier Rita Ora was on the show and she was supposed to perform, but she ends up pulling out because she's because of, oh, what? I can't remember why they gave the reason why she Oh, she pulled out because, I don't know, something with, something with Lucius. I don't remember. It, it's not important. <laughs> but yeah, but Michelle, uh, Jennifer Hudson shows up and she performs a song with Juicy J. And it's like, Oscar winner. Oscar winner Juicy, Juicy J. J. <laughs> and the question is, like, wait a minute, wasn't, wasn't she just at church yesterday? Yes, I saw. Like, she was just at church singing about God and praising Jesus. And next thing you know, she is, like, on stage with Juicy J. And she's talking about whatever that was. Give me what, I'm going to give you what you, what's the name of that song? Give you what you want, what you Whatever you want, or whatever the name of that song was. Something. And it's like, okay. And yeah, then, weird. and then next, or was that before it, when Patty comes out? Patty comes out after. Patty, Patty! Patty's Patty awesome. comes out, and then she sings with Jamal, and then Patty's like getting down, and she's like, you know, <laughs> doing a little bounce. And He's dancing, song. everyone, just in case you want to know, he is bouncing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm bouncing <laughs> like, like Patty was bouncing. And right. Yeah, and and then that happened, and then when it's time for Lucius to come out and perform, mm -hmm. he gets uh, hit with a gut check where the FBI or or the police. What are they supposed to be? They're, I believe they're FBI. I just call them the Feds. I just think they're the Feds, the FBI. Sure. Okay. Or the, CIA, yeah. one of those. So we have the, the Feds, and they come in and they they arrest him for the murder murder of Bunky. Right. So somebody so, has snitched on Lulu. And then, then why are the feds arresting him then? I mean, that's a state crime, so I'm just saying. I mean, not to get too technical, but I'm just saying, like, I mean, they murdered that's Bunky. True. Unless Bunky was, like, a postal employee or something like that. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't see why the feds were. <laughs> he worked at the post office. Right, I don't see why the feds yeah. were in, in, investing And that's that. going back to that. Um, I don't understand why they were coming to... Why they were asking Cookie about it? Like, why? How did, like, they even get involved in this whole situation anyway? Well, but then remember, at the end, uh, why not? Um, at the end, when the when the when the, the FBI agent, the female FBI agent, mm -hmm. 
when they were talking about uh, Becky told Lucius, I can't find Lucius any, I can't find uh, Malik Yoba anywhere. And then the female agent says, you got to find Malik oh, Yoba. Oh, because he's a key witness. Because we need it. Because he's our star witness. But for that case, though, for the monkey murder. Right. So I'm saying, like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why Cookie is wrong. I'm just saying uh, they, they used Malik Yoba to, to get him. I don't know what, what Cookie's involvement in, in that. Yeah, case. I didn't understand why they went to, like, I didn't understand why or how, I should say, how the feds found out about Bunky's murder if this was indeed a state crime if these are feds well i mean they found out about i mean obviously they know about because it was a murder it's just like why are they why are they investigating that well right okay after the police after the guy technical difficult technical (laughs) technicalities okay yes that's what i'm trying to say like why are they actually uh involved in this when they um you know, why, well, how did they even get involved in this? That's what I was trying to figure out. Um, so I didn't really understand why they were arresting him. Again, like you said, like, unless Bunky was working for the or government. Right, exactly. or, I don't know. Maybe he was, but... Or something then, happened. Then they would have been some, investigating him before that. Yeah. Maybe there was, or possibly, maybe they were investigating him before, and there was some sort of... Whatever he was doing had to, you know, get the... They had to get the feds involved. So, anyway... So we see him hauled off to jail. Right. And and, he... and, that's, and then that the last scene is of him in jail and they have this ominous voiceover uh, the, of him, of, of Lucius speaking about, you know, I don't even know what he said. He just says, like, you can't, you know, you, you, you know, you tried to play me, you can't play me or, or something like that. And it, it was this ominous voiceover and that tries to make him seem like he's this huge, larger than life villain now. Right. It's like it's just like they're trying to do a course correction on the show mm-hmm. and make him like a real, you know, uber villain for this show. Right. You know, kind of like pretty much the point of like season f- five Walter <laughs> White. You know, like season five Walter White, where like I'm the one who knocks and yeah. you know that kind of stuff. I, I think that's. That's where they're going with this now in the right. second season because they, they made it sound like really foreboding when he was speaking mm-hmm. while in jail. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So that was that was a finale. Um, what did you think of season one overall? I mean, it was definitely dramatic. It's definitely um, something that I, that I just I just kept saying to myself, I even tweeted this, this is why I don't watch soap operas because they're just so dramatic and just so over the top. And this definitely was over the top. And um, some of the tweets I were reading, uh, I was reading during the time (laughs) of the show was, you know, everybody was kind of like in the same boat for the most part. Like people felt a little lost um, in terms of what was going on and I tweeted that this is escalating very fast. I thought the first hour, especially at the ending, uh, the end part when we got to Jamal uh, hanging Beretti over the uh, balcony. I mean, I just thought that was just like, whoa. And then the next thing you see is Anika and Hakeem. Whoa, another whoa moment. It's like, they really like wow moments. And I'm all for wow moments as long as they are timed a little bit better than this. Like, this was just moment after moment and it was just too much for my taste but I understand that some people probably really like those kind of like oh my god moments you know kind of 
piled on like that really thick. Right. I don't know. I'll just say this. I you know it was it was entertaining. Um, the whole season, yes, I was definitely on board with Cookie, and I liked Cookie's character. And as quiet as it's kept, I liked Anika's character too. Um, I actually liked her. I liked I liked her acting. Yeah, Anika. Um, who else? I liked Jamal's story, and I still I, his story got a little muddled at towards the end of the season, but I I did like his story. And um, that was it. Those were like my favorite characters. Um, I hope Malik Yoga is not dead because I would like for him to come back because I do enjoy his acting. Um, shout out New York Undercover. You enjoy, Love New you York enjoy Undercover. his acting? Yeah. He doesn't do much of it though. <laughs> not for lack of trying. Yeah. I mean, I was happy that he was on the show. Like, yeah, he, I, mean, I, I feel mean, like he's a good actor, and I love New York Undercover. That was like his I mean, claim I, I to like fame. I like to see the brother work. I yeah. just think that with this show, the problem with this show is, the, uh, well, there's many problems, <laughs> but, the, but the writing on this show, there's only certain people who are capable to rise above the, the poor writing. And Taraji is one of them. I mean, she's dynamic. She's mm-hmm. able to take the words that are on that page and she turns it into, yeah. she makes it her own. Right, right, and she, right. And she rises above the writing. Mm-hmm. Other actors are competent actors. Like mm-hmm. I, Malik Yoba, I find him to be competent. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he's strong enough to elevate what he's, what he's working with. He hasn't been given much. But, yeah, they didn't but, give him very They haven't given him sure. much in his defense, but even what, what they've given him, he kind of hasn't really, really done anything with it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's, I mean, hopefully he can do more if he's if he's around in the next season, chained up in that abandoned ship in the harbor. Oh, I, would bet, I hope he's just bet dead. five bucks that he's gonna be chained no, up in some ship somewhere, I hope man. He's just dead if that's the case. Um, that'll be a complete waste. Um, yeah. So overall, I thought it was it was decent. It was entertainment. You know, I got some laughs. There were some good lines here and there. Um, definitely. Uh, didn't think it was a complete waste. No, it wasn't completely right. It was a very entertaining show. I don't know if I will tune in next season. I, put it like that. I'm pretty sure you will. But I oh, think that geez. the show did lose some steam for me like the last four episodes. It, it, it wasn't mm-hmm. as fun the last few episodes. Like the, at the beginning of the show, it was just really fun. I mean, mm-hmm. like Taraji was Cracker Jack on, on screen every time she came on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, her one-liners here and there. It was just fun to watch her. And then some things were just so laughably funny that it was okay. But then as the show kind of went along with you know, the 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th episodes, it kind of stopped being a little bit less fun. And, and also with the pacing just got even worse. I mean, with the, mm-hmm. the, the pacing on the narrative was just really inconsistent. It made mm-hmm. no sense to me. And I think it was just a, 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 a situation where the writers are just trying to squeeze so much in in this season. Yeah. And, you know, I think next season when they have more time to plan out will be a lot better. I mean, presumably mm-hmm. they'll start shooting the next season maybe in July, August mm-hmm. for a mid-season uh, debut next year. So hopefully that gives them time to break stories for the, the next season and really plan out the episodes a little bit better mm-hmm. and, and working on their pacing and, and getting the, the narrative right. So I, I'm expecting mm-hmm. that to... I expect it to get a little bit better next year and not so. be as rushed. What do you think about the next season? Um, they've been saying that it's supposed to be a little bit less opulent. And supposed to get back to the lion's roots and where they came from. What do you think about taking that 
turn with the story. Well, I don't know what that means. I mean, I don't know <laughs> what that means when they say getting back to their roots. Like, does mm-hmm. that mean we're going to have more flashbacks? Right. Because quite frankly, I think we've had too many flashbacks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, for one, am not a fan of flashbacks. I just never think they're really done that well in, in shows. Because most times, flashbacks are are basically uh, a tool or a crutch of lazy writing. In my opinion, when you do flashbacks or you really overly rely on flashbacks, mm-hmm. it's nice to do it once in a while to kind of establish uh, a tone or something like that. But when you do it as much as like Empire does it, to me that's just lazy writing. Because mm-hmm. that's a lot of times that you can get the same information out without going to flashbacks. And that, to me that goes back to on the nose. Like the thing about whenever uh, Lucius is making a comment or thinking about his son being gay, they show the flashback to him putting him in right. the garbage can. Like, okay, first of all, that happened in the first episode in a flashback, and we know it. We, we remember that it happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't need to keep hitting us over the head with the fact that he put him in the garbage can because we know that he did that. We know that he has problems with his son being gay. Right. He's already expressed that in, in, in his actions and, and his words. Mm-hmm. Every time he one of these situations come up with that with that that comes up in the episode, you don't need to flash back to that. Right. I mean, they did it again this episode when they showed yeah. Jamal a flashback of him when as a child when he's walking down the stairs wearing the, the high heels. wearing the high heels. Yeah. Like we don't need that. We know that's what he did, mm-hmm. and it's just you know it's kind of like treating the viewers as dumb when in actuality it's like the writers who are dumb <laughs> pretty much, you know. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're underestimating the, the intelligence of the viewers. Yeah, I mean, I see where they're going. They're trying to compare it to, like, where he came from, like, what he started out as, you know, and and then where he is now. I understand what they're doing with it, but I, I just particularly don't care for it. I don't need it. Um, it, it also, what you are saying about lazy writing, it made me think about um, writing in general. Um, I've read a lot of stuff about writing, and one of the things that I read was so on point in terms of books that have uh, prologues. Prologues usually give you a backstory right. of what's going to happen in the book. And I've read a number of things that said, basically, if you have to do a prologue, you need to rethink your story because you shouldn't have to give your readers like this whole long backstory of what's going to happen um, that you can't presumably fit in your story. So if you have to do that, you need to take a look at your story again because you've done something essentially wrong where you can't include all of this backstory or that you have to give your readers all this backstory. So that's essentially kind of what a flashback. Right, yeah. I think you should be able to, you yeah. should be able to get it through the context of the of the of the main narrative. Right. Like you should be able to determine oh, this is how this guy feels. This is what happened in the history between them. This mm-hmm. is why they act like the way they act now. Right. You should be able to get that through the main narrative without relying upon flashbacks. Mm-hmm. This is really interesting, too, because with Empire, um, Eileen Shaken is one of the... I think she's one of the writers. She's a showrunner, she's and she, she's wrote, and she okay. wrote um the first episode tonight with the Mario Van Peebles directed. Okay, yeah. I mean, she... Um, I don't know if she created... But she definitely wrote for the L Word. Yeah, she's the showrunner for L Word. And I thought the L Word was so good. So I'm so surprised at this writing on this show. I mean, obviously it's two completely different things, but just her skill level on that show. I mean, I love that show. I watched all six seasons of it. It was an amazing show, very well written. I mean, maybe it's because she's writing out of her wheelhouse here <laughs> that it's coming across kind of I don't know, like wonky, if you will. But yeah, I mean, I was very surprised to see that she was, um, you know, writing this because the writing is, you know, just subpar compared to what she did on L Word. 
Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I, I have hopes that it'll be that it will improve for the next season, and I think it's just a matter of like they were just trying to rush probably to, to get through production of this season, and mm-hmm. they had a lot of ideas that they wanted to, to yeah. get out there, and I think they'll do a better job of planning uh, the next season. And, yeah, hopefully. And, yeah, pacing and all that. And surprisingly, too, because they were given a second season so early on, I'm surprised that the end seemed almost as if they were rushing it because they didn't know they were going to get a second season. Right. And but they knew a, that right. they got, I mean, a they, long time they ago. They were renewed, I think, by, by the third week, if mm-hmm. not the second week after yeah. it, because as everyone knows, the biggest story in the country uh, in television is how the ratings for the show increased every single week. Mm-hmm. The, the overall number increased and the the core demographic of, of 18 of the 49 increased every single week. Right. So it was a hit for Fox and they quickly renewed it. So they, mm-hmm. you know, the writers I think should have had, you know, had the security of knowing that, okay, we don't have to throw everything in right, the right. second half of this season. Right. We can like stretch it out a little and take some stuff the next season. But yeah. for whatever reason, they just, you know, continued forward on whatever path they set out on. Yeah. I felt like everything was thrown in. Um, including the kitchen sink in this uh, finale. So, yeah. I guess we'll see next season. I will at least tune in the first part of the season. Okay. Second season to see what happens. Right. We'll see. But I don't know if I'll watch the entire thing. I can take it early, but I really can't. I can take it early. If I've never watched this again, it again, you know, that's... And that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, all right. Are you ready to wrap this up? Yeah, that's it. Okay. I'm done. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it. Please leave us um, any comments, uh, any suggestions on future podcasts. Um, you can do so on our iTunes page. And I think you can do it on our Podbean You can page do it too. on all our pages, our iTunes page, our Facebook page, our mm-hmm. Podbean page. And you can reach us on Twitter as well. All that information is in the description box for this podcast. So, you know, please reach out to us. Let us know if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, tips, suggestions, whatever it may be. We want to hear from you guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we enjoy doing the show. And we just want to, you know, make sure that we're, we're serving you guys. And you guys can let us know what, what you want to hear from us. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks. She do it all night. She going hard, right? She loves spotlight. She make that thing go. Drip, drop, drip, drip, it, drop. Drip, drop. I do my dance now. Drip, drop, drip, drip, it, drop. Drip, drop, drip, drip, it, drop. I know you got that bomb, shorty, can I get it? Can I get it? Something on my mind, girl, I know you ready. I, I can't stop eyeing you, loving the way you move. Got, got me obsessing the sex, undeniable. Don't let go. Yo, you want to get it when you want that flow? You want to get it, but you scared to a minute? Could you live up for that minute when you want that flow? Making dough. And look at the way you dance. Doing it for the bands. You got a lot of fans, make me want to wash my hands. <laughs> she do it all night. Drip, 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 drip,
city let, let, let me put you in a vitty Maybe later on say hello kitty Sorry if I come off too strong But this your song And if you come with me You can puff on daddy Like my middle name is Diddy What you wanna do girl? Can I guess it? You're my new girl So let me test it Let me get that thing We can play first string Come and sit on my bitch Let me press it You so excited Delighted to hear I like it The diamonds in my watch You know they be shining <laughs> She do it all night